0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You get to the calls coming up here in a bit. 855-2124-CBS. 855 2124 General question Go on. How do you got one in Super Bowl 54? Right, it's that easy. Also, Joe Thinesman coming up seven forty four forty Pacific. Talk him about talk to him about the Super Bowl. He's played in them. He's won them. He's enjoyed him. He's a great guy. Also, it'll be Groundhog Day coming up in about twenty minutes. I got to bring Pierno in for this. Hello, Pierno. Hello, Ken. Oh wow, you're in a good mood right now. Uh, tickets for the Super Bowl right now. You're looking at six thousand to seven thousand dollars just getting in. That's a lot of money. Uh, good premium seats, lower bowl seats. Right now, I already teased it, so I can't say. Guess how much? Sixty four thousand dollars to get to the Super Bowl. To be in that. To be in one of the premium seats. So it's either going to cost you six, $7,000 just to get in the building. For a good seat, you're looking at $64,000. Let me admit something to you here that I said on air last year on my local show, and I said even this year on my local show. If I were getting a free ticket or something like that, like, yeah, I'd go. If I could go watch a Super Bowl between two teams that I wasn't emotionally involved in, yeah, you know, I'll go. But even if I were getting a free ticket, and I'm certainly not going to pay for it. There is not a chance in hell you could get me to a Super Bowl that my favorite team is playing in. There is not a chance in hell that that would ever. I would ever allow that to happen. There's not. There's no way. And especially paying money for it, Pierno, because it's I'm not guaranteed on the outcome. Like concerts, yeah, concerts can go awry every now and then, but most more than likely, like you're going to see a good show. Yeah. The most I ever spent on a concert was. Oh, uh, 200, that was ACDC Black Ice Tour down at the Shot and Scene Center in Columbus the day before Ohio State, Michigan. That was awesome. I got to see a hell of a show. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers years before Tom Petty passed away, that was a hell of a show. Like you're, 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 I'll pay a premium price if I know I'm going to have a good time. If I don't know about the outcome, that ain't going to happen.
2: Also, I have to admit, I don't know how you feel, but out of the four major sports, I enjoy going to football games the least. Amongst the four major sports
1: All altogether. Yes. Like a regular season Super Bowl doesn't matter. Well, I, I feel like particularly in the,
2: the Super Bowl, I feel like the Super Bowl is really not catered to the NFL fan. You're I, right. I, I, I feel like it's meant to track all the, the fringe, uh, the, the, the casual fans to get them in. Corporates. So That's another knock about the Super Bowl. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be very appealing to go to? Boy, I didn't even think about that. Well, oh, the NFL, like an NFL game but going to an NFL game. First off, I just feel like it takes up your entire day. Just for me personally, even like the one o'clock games, I'm out of my house around like 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm not getting back until like six, six thirty at night. Well, if
1: you're ta- if you're tailgating, it's going to be and you're right. Well, about even that, ear- even yeah. earlier, if you're tailgating, you're out the door probably about four a.m.
2: Yeah, even earlier. So yeah, just, because- I feel like it takes up your entire day. And just the, just the in-game experience, Just I mean, with TV and, and the Red Zone and especially everyone with fantasy football, just nice being at home. You have access to all the games on the TV. Um, obviously, replay is huge in the NFL. You have all the different camera angles. I just think the experience of watching an NFL game is just much more enjoyable being at home than actually being inside the building.
1: When it comes to amenities and stuff, I like I like I, I like sitting outside in cold weather. I think it's kind of fun. I don't know why, but when it comes like that stuff, I I disagree with you. But it's just a personal opinion thing. But ultimately, yeah, you're probably right. Like baseball's still fun to go see personally. The NBA basketball, yeah, baseball, college I basketball, because yeah, the weather's ba- nice and I like you, being out in the summer. Yeah, college basketball is underrated. Like if you even if you have a TV game, you're in and out of there in two two and a half hours. It's quick. Soccer. If you're a soccer fan, you're out of there like ninety minutes. It's so nice. Football. That's an all day. That that is an all day thing you got to do. I mean, and, and if you're a fan of a bad football team that's been bad, and you're like a tailgater, it's gonna feel like you're clocking in to go to work in December. Like that Sunday, you're just doing it because people expect you to. It's just like going to work. Like in the city I'm in, team hasn't been good in a long time, and some of the tailgaters I talked to, I'm like, yeah yeah we're gonna I'll see you in the muni, yeah, yeah we'll be there. We'll be waiting to get in line at well why are you doing it if you don't want to do yeah, you know we got people coming and it's a, it's it's expected, just like so your boss expects you to go to work tomorrow. they expect you to go and get the ta- the tailgate going in the morning. okay, great, I think you're right about that, Pierno. I will still say. I think the emotion of it, like if you're a Chiefs fan right now, where would you rather be? Would you rather be at the Super Bowl or downtown Kansas City? Because if they win that game, downtown Kansas City will be a madhouse. And I've been to downtown Kansas City, one of the most underrated downtowns you're ever going to see. So underrated by the country. It's awesome in downtown KC. If they win that game, that place is going to be a madhouse. It's going to be fun and, dare I say, even more fun than the fun you would have if you were at the Super Bowl and saw your team win. It would still be an incredible experience. Even if you lose, you have to think about the backslide here. 855 cbs Even if you lose, it's going to be more fun and then you can go, well, I didn't pay $7,000 just to get in. Like, the Drakes downtown, any downtown are probably going to be more expensive than whether you're in Blue Springs, Missouri, or anything. Okay, well, fine. At least the at least I didn't spend $7,000 in airfare and all that stuff just to get in. Because I, I always want to guard against the backslide of, all right, if my team goes and they don't win, and I got to see that confetti fall for another team, and I got to walk out of there, and then if I'm flying in the next day, I got to get on a plane – And I'm more than likely wearing my favorite team's garb. Like, you're going to have Kansas City fans leaving Fort Lauderdale or or, or leaving Miami Airport. And they're going to be wearing, like, Chiefs stuff. And so, if the 49ers win, there's going to be, like, some ribbon going on. And that's the last thing you want to hear. Because it might be okay the first time. But that's all anybody's going to want to talk about. How was your Super Bowl experience? Well, how was your Super Bowl experience? I don't know. I'm wearing a Chiefs jersey. And if the Chiefs lose, I guess my Super Bowl experience sucked. Now, didn't it? You're going to want to fight somebody at that point. Exactly. So you don't want to do that. You have a long flight as it is. You think about a San Francisco fan who might be coming from California. Now, I know it's not been that long a period of time since they've been in the Super Bowl, but if they go and they lose, you got to fly all the way back across country. Now, you'll be with mostly San Francisco fans when you get on that flight. But at the, at the airport and at the hotel, that is hell on earth. There is not a chance in hell. If I win... I want to be in downtown of my area of the city that my my team is from. No, in, in the general vicinity. If I lose, I damn sure don't want to be down there. And then knowing that I spent seven, $8,000 on the ticket just to get in the damn building, and I'm never getting that money back. Like, it's always, hey, I've been to a Super Bowl. Great. Yeah, why'd you go to a Super Bowl? Well, yeah, you know, the the Chiefs, were was sort of the first time we went there in 50 years, and uh, they lost. But we still had a great time. Like, no, that's not how it works. That's not how it works whatsoever. There's not a chance I'd want any of that to happen. Do we have Cody in Knoxville? Let me get the Cody in Knoxville. Hello, Cody.
3: Hey, how you doing?
1: Who's your favorite football team? I'm a Titans fan. Would you spend seven thousand dollars to see them in a Super Bowl? Absolutely not. Even if I had it. Is it? Is it just because? Now you just said absolutely not. Is for all the reasons I just said.
3: Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I'm also a balls fan. You know, a Tennessee balls fan. Oh and, wow. You know, and I'm. I lived like 45 minutes, you know, from Neyland Stadium, and I didn't go to a single game last year just because I think that sitting at the house and watching it is better than going and watching it in the building.
1: There's so many people who are agreeing with you about that. I, I look, There's so many people who agree with you about that, Cody. Go ahead. What were you going to say?
3: Um, I was going to ask you what the Titans do at quarterback, you know, because obviously Ryan Tannehill is going to want a monster contract. You know, we still got to pay Derek Henry. And, and I you know, I don't buy the Tom Brady rumors, but um, I, I, I don't know where we go because I think that either way, I think we had to draft a quarterback this year, and I don't what? think that we're going to get one early enough that you can think on, you know, okay, this guy's going to be a four short starter in the NFL, and um, I'm kind of sweating it. I don't know where we're going what? to go.
1: I agree. the The last part I agree with you on this. Okay. Now, how much cap space do you have? It says here. Now, this is base. Ca- this is base for twenty twenty, and this is just over the cap. I'm looking at it. it says fifty thousand dollars. Can you franchise tag Ryan Tannehill? I'd tag him if I could.
3: They 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 have brought that up that that is a possibility if both sides can't come to an agreement. Um, I mean, let me ask you. Regret- let
1: me ask you, Cody, because you're you're a fan. You're a big fan. Do you trust Ryan Tannehill enough where he isn't going to turn into a pumpkin next year? I still don't. I thought he had a very effective season, very nice. But things can change very quickly. I don't, I don't want to commit that type of money long-term to Ryan Tannehill right because of one season. I'll tag him, and then we can talk about it after this next season because that's two years in a row, and maybe you figured it out. Go ahead.
3: That's. I feel the same way because, I mean, yeah, he is the reason that we made it to the playoffs. I mean, you know, I'm not denying that. But at the same time, man, he laid a goose egg in the playoffs. So now, now, granted, Derrick Henry ran like a madman, and you, if you can line up and run the ball, you line up and run the ball, and I understand that, mm-hmm. you know. And I guess whenever we had to have a throw, he made it more often than not. But no, I, I don't. I, I haven't seen enough out of him that that makes me think, okay, yeah, go ahead and pay the guy because you know we're not going to get anybody else. But that's a, that's another thing is that's what I'm that's what I'm afraid of is I don't know, you know, if we do let him walk or if we don't franchise him, who do we get and what do we do? Because they're not going to re-sign Marcus Mariota, you know, and I don't want them to, but I, I just don't know where we go. And so I think that franchising franchising them is the best option because, like I said, our, our number one priority has to be paying Ryan Tannehill, or I mean paying Derrick Henry.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And, Cody, thank you very much for the call. Uh, yeah, Hell, I didn't take his prediction, but what the hell. If I'm Tennessee right now, you're drafting 29th. If you want to trade up for one of the quarterbacks, I guess you possibly can. And maybe you have it set, but I still wouldn't want to do that. It wasn't like you were a 12-4 and football team. You were 9-7. and Ryan Tannehill did some good stuff. I think Mike Vrabel did a hell of a job. I brought him up at the very beginning of the show. If you have $50 million in caps, and I'm just looking at over the cap, you got $50 million in cap space, it's one year. If you go out there, you pay him the going rate for a franchise QB for for the franchise tag, it's a hell of a lot of money, but it's just one season. He's happy. He gets a ton of money. You can't be upset with it. I know you want long-term investment if you're any any player, but you still get a ton of money. You get the top five average. I'd pay him the top five average. Go ahead and do it for one more year. Plus, there's always going to be, and I hate to give away what I can sell because I'm going to end up bringing it up next, you have a possible work stoppage coming up in 2021. I know that both sides seem to be encouraged right now. You got a possible work stoppage coming up where you got DeMarie Smith telling the players, hey, might want to get set there. could be a possible two-year work stoppage. I don't believe any of that's going to happen. But if I go into next year and I don't, I'm not committed to Ryan Tannehill, then it frees me up to do some other things. And then I could kind of get all my ducks in a row because we're about to have a work stoppage if that's a possibility. So for Ryan Tannehill... Yes, it would behoove him to try to get a longer-term contract, take advantage of that, be paid, and it's been a good story. Yet for Tennessee, 9-7 and seven doesn't give you everything. He's been an efficient quarterback. I'd pay him as an efficient quarterback. I'd franchise tag you for one year. I'm drafting 29th overall. Am I in a position to, to, to trade up and maybe go after one of those quarterbacks? I don't know if any one of those guys really f- give me the gusto on that. You could. I'd prefer to maybe help the football team and, and make another deep run into the postseason. And a nice year, eight five five two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven Don Washington. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio.
4: Go ahead. If the Niners lose, it'll be like Super Bowl forty-seven, high scoring. But I feel they're going to win, just like they did in Super Bowl nineteen when they beat Dan Marino. Ball control is critical. You got to keep that guy on the bench. First downs, moving the chains a lot of long drives into the red zone when they score. You can't have any cutesy plays like the Texans did of 24 nothing, and they tried to go for a first down on fourth down. And you saw what happened. 51-7, to and they got blown up by 20 after being up by 24. So if the Niners do stuff like that, they're going to lose. But they got to keep that guy on the bench. And speaking of the Hall of Fame, is Eli Manning the Hall of Famer? Would we be talking about it if he didn't have that last name?
1: Oh, gosh, Don. Yeah, I think we would. Why wouldn't we? He won two Super Bowls over the best.
4: Yeah, well, 16 years, you know, he was only all pro three times He. And the key thing there is he won 117, and he lost 117. Yes, he did have those two great years, and he's immortalized there in New York. I just don't feel he's the Hall of Famer. And if he didn't have that last name, I don't feel we would really be talking about it as much. That's just my opinion.
1: Oh, Don. Well, Don and Don, thank you very much for the call. Everything else was right as right. and that, and even on that, I'll meet you halfway. Being a Manning d- certainly doesn't hurt him. I think it's who he beat. If he were to just beat the, if he were to just beat the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger, well, Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Famer in his own right. But we're talking about the best ever. So it, he beats Tom Brady twice. The Hall of Fame isn't just about stats. The Hall of Fame is a museum, and and, and museums are about moments, and historical moments, and. Those are two very big moments in the NFL. You look at his stats, top five. You could say whatever you want to about passing yards anymore. I think there's going to be a log jam, but he's also got the hardware. I think he's a Hall of Famer. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up next, it'll be Groundhog Day again. It's Ken Carman on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carman Show. I cannot believe the timing of this. We are doing this while they're getting ready to pull Punxsutawney Phil out of his cage. That's shaped like a tree. That looks like a tree. I cannot believe the timing of it. Everybody's up there in top hats. This is something I want to be in. I'm looking for any excuse to dress like the Monopoly man. Look at everybody up there in their finery. Getting ready to pull Punxsutawney Phil out of there. In Ohio, which I didn't know this, Pierno has one too. In Staten Island, they have a Chuck. In Ohio, we have, a, we have a groundhog named Buckeye Chuck, and it's just a cheap knockoff of Punxsutawney Phil. Like, you go for the real thing. They're rapping at the door right now. They're trying to pull Phil out of there. That's great. You got to go grab a groundhog out of there. I'm sure he's going to be thrilled with it. You got another guy up there. He's splendidly fat. He's hitting on the thing as well. Now they got the door open. Here we go. Hey, Pierno, how do they know whether or not he saw he saw the shadow? I have no idea. I haven't right. paid attention to this probably since I was in elementary school. They got the rodent. He's one-handing the rodent. If he drops that thing, PETA's going to go nuts. They're showing off the groundhog. The people are going nuts. I'm surprised we're still doing this nowadays. Why not? Well, just like you said with PETA. That damn groundhog lives better than most of those people do. I can guarantee DMT you that. Look at that groundhog. That thing looks pissed. Oh, my God. You better handle that thing with gloves. That's right, buddy. Now he's going to pass off the groundhog. Like Pause on that thing. Look at it. that cute Phil. All right. Now all the guys are going to get together with their top hats. and They're going to figure out whether or not he saw his shadow. And they're going to get real close. See, they're getting real close. And they're listening to him. I was going to give you Groundhog Day the top four things that you're going to hear next year at the same time with the same headlines. Now I'm just doing play-by-play of the Groundhog. All right, we'll figure it out whether he saw his shadow. Oh, they're getting real close to him. I hope he bites one of them. All right, it's Groundhog Day all throughout America. And Groundhog Day to me, it's not even about weather anymore. It's, It's become the Bill Murray movie. It's all it's become. Ned the Head Ryerson... Andy Andy McDowell, The Whole Deal.
2: Uh, One of the greatest romantic comedies of all
1: time. 100% one of the greatest romantic comedies of all time. I, I keep wanting to say it's Chris O'Donnell. I don't think that's the guy. The cameraman, the whole thing, it's just a great movie. And you can watch that on repeat because it's about something repeating. But I give you four headlines that you're going to hear next year, same time, because it's Groundhog Day 2020, and you're going to be reading these headlines on Groundhog Day 2021 first, and I just previewed it a second ago. The NFL Owners and Players Association will be encouraged about a possible deal. Yesterday, in Rappaport was on NFL Network saying that they're both encouraged by the side they could possibly be working on a ten-year agreement with each other, and that that's going to that's going to work out for them. It's not. DeMarie Smith's already telling players to better warn for a two-year two-year work hiatus. I don't think that's going to happen. Players are players going to want to get a deal done. They're not going to listen to Dee Smith about that. And you're probably going to have a very short work stoppage. I'd still say maybe a few weeks, maybe in the training camp. I think something will get done, but I don't think something's going to get done that quickly when you have a player's union that is consistently held over the barrel, but they're still going to want to get what's best for them and possibly with some revenue sharing in this 17th game thing. That's a bit of a sticky wicket as well. Number two, Antonio Brown will be apologizing to the NFL yet again. He will always find a way. Last night, I saw DJ EV putting a video out between Logan Paul and Antonio Brown, and they might get into a fight now. Guy's a goof. Guy's always been a goof. Well, I didn't think he's always been a goof. Guy's been a goof for the last year. He'll continue to be a goof. And people still talk about whether or not he's in the NFL because he is a fantastically talented wide receiver. I can't take anything away from that. He'll be apologizing to the NFL, still trying to get himself a job in the NFL just because he wants to make money and just because people want to talk to him. I still don't think that Antonio Brown, or he wants people talking about him, I still don't think Antonio Brown quite literally wants to play football anymore. The third one, perhaps the most controversial, Headline, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers are ex- are excited for the Super Bowl. This team has what it takes to make a return trip this very next season. You've paid your money to, to your quarterback. You will have Bosa's to deal with. You will have other contracts you have to deal with. There will be some rollover, but that's still a ways away. And again, with the cap looming, if they get there, I think that they have the best chance if they win to possibly make a repeat visit to the Super Bowl. Can't say the same for Kansas City, but I'll contradict that coming up a little bit later on because I think in 10 years, we're talking more about the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. The final one, which is an age-old one, and it seems like we're getting closer and closer. The DH is coming to the National League. And it's basically put out there just to get people talking about baseball in the early part of February. I think it would be better if there were DH in 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 the National League. I don't like seeing pitchers hit. I don't, make my, I don't make my offensive left tackle throw a pass once every three quarters. I don't know why pitchers need to hit. You could say that's baseball. People like offense. They like home runs. Let guys who can play offense and hit home runs be up there for the pitcher. Also, what other uh, league doesn't have all the same rules? And also, I need to find some continuity. If you're going to do it one way or the other, then take the DH out of the American League if you really want to do it. And that's never happening. Exactly. But I don't see some designated three-point shooter. I don't see a kicker have to go up and play left tackle for a part of a, a, part of a game. I don't know why a pitcher who they're not working on hitting what the entire time while they're in the minor leagues. All of a sudden, And that's even when they're in the National League because they're worried about hitting. They're worried about guys who are hitting. So they don't even have those guys in National League, Minor League systems hitting during the time they're in the minor leagues. I don't know why when guys spend about four years in the minor leagues, they get, to the, they get to Major League Baseball, and now you want them to hit. It's pointless. It's a free out. Get rid of it. Put the DH in there. That is Groundhog Day. Did, did we find out if he saw a shadow? Did you see that? Do we have any news on that? I know that people are waiting with bated breath. Darwin Zuckel give it to us in his update. All right. If he doesn't, then he's not a true newsman. Ted Koppel will be throwing up all over the place if Darwin Zook doesn't give it to us right here. We got Joe Theismann coming up next. We talk about Super Bowl 54 with him. It's going to be a fantastic time. And also coming up, it's an emotional time. But the Lakers are LeBron now. LeBron is not the Lakers. This is the Ken Carmen Show. Coming up in just over an hour, we'll talk NBA with Sekou Smith right now joining us on the hotline. Which, gosh, he's been, he's been busy as hell. Joe Feisman, NFL great, joins us. Find him on Twitter, at Theismann7. Brought to us by the fine folks at Medliminal. I'll bring them up here in a moment. Joe, you got a book coming out, too?
5: Yeah, I can. Good morning, by the way. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Can you believe it? It's finally here.
1: Yes, sir. Happy And a good Super Bowl Sunday to you. I'm going to ask you about your Super Bowl here in a minute. I, I, I got to know more about the book, though, right off the rip. I want to know the, more uh, about
5: the book. I have a uh, middle of June. We're looking at June 15th as a release date. It's called How to Be a Champion Every Day. It's a book I've been working on for a long, long time, and it basically uh, talks about the um, the speeches that I do and everything else.
1: Mm-hmm. That is uh, well, Joe. That's fantastic. I so it okay. Well, as soon as it comes out in June, I want you back on. Okay, I've or gets gets on. ready to come out.
5: Yeah, I, I want you. Appreciate that. I will
1: absolutely. It be it be fantastic. Well, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you. Uh, we we had you last year at around this time. Uh, these two football teams—the the lot of history between them. First off, for for either one of these football teams, you know what what goes through their heads when they wake up this morning? You got twelve hours to get ready for a game, like like none other. What's the first thing these teams think of?
5: Well, first of all, it's the hardest part right now because there's such a long time to wait. That that's the biggest issue. That, that is the biggest challenge. Um, that that's, It's that time. It's, it's, and it's the same thing at halftime. Halftime is usually 12 minutes. These are 30 minutes. So it's just that, it's that waiting and waiting and waiting. You'll see guys go over to the stadium at 12 o'clock. A lot of offensive, defensive linemen go over, and they just lay around. They want to be in that environment. I didn't sleep last night. I never sleep the night before a Super Bowl. I, I just don't. I mean, it's. I'm not even playing, and I'm not
1: sleeping. So the night before your Super Bowl, the Super Bowl you guys won, you didn't sleep before that one?
5: I didn't sleep well at all. I got up really in the morning. Actually, I spent about an hour and a half on the phone with my buddy, Burt Reynolds. Uh, We talked for for a good hour and a half. And, um, you know, I just – and then I got up early that morning, and the the day just keeps going. The, The only good thing was that it was in Pasadena, California.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: So it was it was a three o'clock game versus a six o'clock game on the East Coast.
1: That may make it a little bit yeah, that might make it a little bit easier there. Now you had
5: bit,
1: yeah. you had Kaleidos Super Scope playing with the Los Angeles Super Drill team at halftime. Do you remember <laughs> any of that when you were trying to warm up for the second half?
5: No, not at all. I don't remember anything. Uh, I remember going in the locker room, we were down we had to play our rear ends off in the second half.
1: Do Do you think, is there any connection that you see with, with Jimmy Garoppolo? Because, you know, you were able to hand it off to John Riggins. John Riggins is a prolific running back. And here we got people ta- talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's almost in a disrespectful fashion, Joe, when they're looking at it going, well, he's just a game manager. All he does is hand it off to a running back, and they're able to run the ball so well.
5: Well, so is Patrick Mahomes. So is Tom Brady. I mean... We're all game managers. This is what people don't understand. Our job is to manage the game.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: And I Jimmy plays the position a lot like I did. My responsibility, convert when you get a chance, have an opportunity to give the ball to John. And then if you get a if you get a shot at a touchdown, take it. Can a can a team like
1: Kansas City, where they gave up a bunch of points in the first half against Houston or first quarter against Houston, then then did the same against Tennessee Can they afford to come out and have a slow start against this San Francisco team?
5: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, you get the two best teams in football playing here. So it's not like you're going to have a a team like, say, Tennessee. They love to run the football. That's what they were going to do. That's all they were going to do. It's not that way. San Francisco has the ability to throw. Jimmy just hasn't been asked to do it. really had to do it. You know, the way I look at it, San Francisco, to me, Was a team in the last couple of weeks didn't have to throw the football. So I decided to do a little research. How many passes a uh, game did Patrick Mahomes average? 34. How about Jimmy Garoppolo? 30. I say that number, people go, wow, you forget they got in a shootout with New Orleans. This team has the ability to be able to go down the field and put it up if they need to. So I, I just, you know, it's one of those games where you go back and forth. You like San Francisco. You like Kansas City. Why? And there's a ton of reasons why you can like either one of them.
1: I wanted to zag when folks zagged. A lot of people are saying defense in this game, Joe, and I'm going, man, I I think it might come down to being able to execute offensively, minimize mistakes, hold on to the football. Am I even in the ballpark there, or is it just defense and I shouldn't worry so much?
5: No, I, I think defense wins championships, and to me it's going to be Kansas City's defense is going to make a difference. If Kansas City's defense can slow down that running game of San Francisco, put the ball in Jimmy's hands, then I think they have a chance. I mean, he has—he certainly doesn't run around and throw it like uh, Patrick does. Yeah. So I still believe defense wins championships. And what's interesting, stopping the run and running the football is important too. Seven of the top ten rushing teams in the National Football League this year all made the playoffs. Now, you got to discount that a little bit because of Lamar Jackson and his ability to run the football, but – if you just say six, you're still over 50% of the, of the teams that made the playoffs. Basically, we're in the top ten in running the football. That's what's going to have to happen today. But, you know, Andy Reid loves to put it up. I mean, if nothing else, I think this is going to be an entertaining football game. I, you know, I don't have a dog in this fight, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, so, basically, the way I look at it is, I, you know, I want, I, the thing I don't want, Ken. this is the big I don't want an official making a call that decides the outcome of this football game. And the league doesn't either. That's a big thing.
1: Do you think that that's more prevalent now because there might be more questions? Because I I thought about it last year. You know, we're, we're paying so much attention to officials. We're paying so much attention to replay. Like, I've heard stories from players over the last couple of years where guys are so focused on not making a mistake. Referees are so focused on not making a mistake that they kind of forget the rules as they go along, and then it forces them into mistakes,
5: Joe. No, I don't think so. I think the refs have done a heck of a job. I think they're in a very thankless, unfortunate situation when it comes to having to make calls on passing interference, as an example. Um, We've seen very few offensive pass interference calls reversed. And and so keeping that in mind, you you just got to say, these officials are going to let them play. Was it last year or two years ago? Two years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. The uh, the New England Patriots had one penalty called in the entire game. You're, you're, I don't think you're going to see a lot of flags. I really don't, which I think is great for football. I just don't see a lot of flags. I see a, a, a wide-open football game with guys going up and down the football field. And if that's the case, it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Joe Theismann with us on the show. Got a book coming out mid-June. Find him on Twitter, at Theismann7. Okay, for, you, for the Super Bowl that you guys won, Super Bowl 17, um, okay. that was that was a strike-shortened year. Can you take me through that year and the questions leading up to it, and then finally getting out and getting able, to, being able to play? Like, what was what was the message that you guys were sending to each other when you had that nine week season instead of the full sixteen?
5: Well, during the strike part of the season, I basically I'm walking down a flight of stairs. By the way, that's why I sound like I'm in a garbage can. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the during that period of time, I kept our last game plan, I think it was after the fourth game, and I organized practices, and we had about 40 guys, believe it or not, show up for about a month. So we had a month of really decent practices. We'd get together, go through the same routine that we would normally, and and then it started to peter out a little bit after that, but as far as uh, getting stayed together, I think they've given us a chance to stay together, given us a chance to work together together um, when we got back in and went to work, I mean, you know, we were we were just as strong as we were when we left. And so, as we got into the playoffs, everybody made the playoffs as a wild card. So you played more games than you normally would if you won a division. That's true. And I think it helped us because we could continue to get better and better and better. I mean, look at look, look at the way John ran the ball. I mean, it was unbelievable the way he ran the ball. And our defense, people don't realize one thing, Ken. It's, it's fine. And I don't believe this has ever happened in the history of the Super Bowls. Nobody talks about it. The Miami Dolphins did not complete a pass in the second half of Super Bowl seventeen. They were 0 for eleven throwing the football. Lord. And and I just you think of it, you know, you've got two, you know, really two best teams in football going at it. All of a sudden, nobody on one of the teams completes a pass. That's how good our defense was.
1: That's fantastic.
5: I didn't even no, know that, was, that it was. It was. I didn't either. I looked it up the other day. Just out of curiosity, I thought it was like. Oh, I thought it was. I knew it was an over. I just didn't know exactly what the number was. And it's like, wow, I can't believe it. That's how great our defense was.
1: Joe Theismann with us on the show. I got a couple of minutes. I, I'm. I, I want to bring up Medliminal with you. I you know you brought him up last year. I like it because you're representing the same company, and that's always a good thing. That means you're doing good work together. Go ahead and tell me about Medliminal.
5: Well, what Medliminal is, it is a what we do is we're a, a medical cost containment company. And what that means is if you get a medical bill, what you want to do is you don't know what to pay. You don't know what you're paying for. That's the big thing. So what we do at Medliminal is we take that medical bill and we look at it and we look at it and we, um, we tell you what our compliant. And non-compliant charges like I said any person that looks at a medical bill has absolutely no idea what they're looking at and so what we want to do is we want to help people understand exactly what they're looking at and what they're looking for those are the things that are so important um, and, and like I said, I think of my parents who you know the older you get it seems like you're in the hop you're in the hospital you're at the doctors and you don't know what those bills are and mm-hmm. Medliminal has been able to save anywhere between 17 and 49 percent uh, when it comes to people with their their bills. And and the nice thing is you can go to Medliminal.com, send them the bills, let them examine it. They put it through a thing called an HCAT, and then what they do is uh, give you an idea of whether or not you know you. There's certain bills that maybe you're maybe you know not that it's a not that somebody's trying to do something bad, but you know, 90% of, of medical bills have overcharges in them. It doesn't hurt to have them look at it and see if that's the case. And, and that's my whole thing. If it doesn't cost you anything to be able to do it, why not take the opportunity that's out there and say, look, I'd like somebody to look at this. I ran into a guy the other day. He said, Joe, I listened to you uh, when you we were talking about this back in training camp. I was listening in the car. I listened to the interview. I checked it out. So far, I've sent two bills in. And the results have been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, and, and I, I look at it this way. I think it's very social, con, socially conscious to be able to try and do something to help people understand that you know, money may be coming out of your pocket that you don't necessarily have to pay.
1: Joe, couldn't agree more. I told you a story last year about my own father. I Can't thank you enough. And it's true, it's true. Joe, I thank you very much for coming on. I know you're a very busy man today, my friend. Enjoy the day. (laughs) Oh my goodness, (laughs) great! I know you're gonna.
5: Here I am promoting Fox and Friends on the CBS station. Oh Oh, well,
1: hell, it don't matter to me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn (laughs) it on for you. I know you're gonna look like a million bucks, Joe. I guarantee it. Joe, thank you for the time, buddy.
5: Thanks, buddy. Take care.
1: Bye, bye. Thank you, Joe Theismann. NFL great. Find him on Twitter at Theismann Seven. He'll be on Fox and Friends later. You want to watch? I'm not sure what time. Should have asked him the time. What the hell? I know he's going to look like a million bucks anyway. Eight five five two one two four CBS. What other guys am I going to get to talk to? That talked to Burt Reynolds for an hour and a half before their Super Bowl game. You don't get that anymore. I don't know if Jimmy Garofalo is calling up the girl who played Hannah Montana back in the day. 855-2124-CBS. Love Joe Theismann. Love it when he's able to join us. He joins us about a couple times a year. Love having him on. We had him on back in the summer, and I'll have him on again during the Saturday show when that book comes out. You can bet your ass on that. I'm picking the 49ers to win this game. I think they're the most complete. I know that that's a broad term. I get into depth about that coming up over the next couple of hours. I'll get into depth with it with you. Also, we got Sekou Smith coming up in just over 40 minutes. Got to ask him about the trade deadline coming up. What's going on in China? What's going on with the NBA? With the NBA All Star Game, the tributes to Kobe, everything. We'll get to that coming up at around 8:40 Eastern, 5:40 Pacific. With the great Sekou Smith coming up next. Hear me out on this because we got to be careful. But it's an emotional time. The Lakers are LeBron now, though. LeBron is not the Lakers, and if they want to win. That's the way they have to look at it. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better